Hey, New Life Church, Bronson Duke here. Thanks for listening in. The heart of our church is that you would know Jesus, that you would walk with Jesus, and you would learn how to live like he lived. We hope that this message equips you and empowers you on your journey walking with Jesus. Church, would you stand for the reading of the word? We will be reading from Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God, we thank you for this morning and all that you're doing. God, we thank you for the mamas in the house. God, we just pray that you bless them. God, we pray that this morning that uh, we would be empowered by your word. God, that we would be energized by it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, you can have a seat. Um, <clears throat> my name's Bronson. Um, apparently my wife hides snacks from me. <laughs> have y'all seen, um, there was like a meme that came out a couple weeks ago, and it said something like, I have the exact amount of self-control to not go buy snacks or like junk food, but if it's put in front of me, I'm going to eat it. That's me, all right? That, that, that is the truth. So uh, we're, we're in a book. We're going through a study of Colossians, and we're four weeks deep. Um, we, we've been encouraging you guys to go in and look at this book and ask the question, how does God want me to live? The fancy way we've been saying it is we're looking to discover an orthodox vision for Christian living. And so what we did is we, we started... Uh, with week one, we went through the introduction of the book. Week two, we talked about the hope we have in Jesus and how the hope that we have uh, actually gives energy to the things that we try to do. And so I, I gave an illustration from uh, Dr. Tim Keller, and he said if, if you had two factory workers and one person uh, was going to make 15K and the other person was going to make 50 million at the end of the year, who do you think would work with more joy, Right. One person's there working like, I'm not doing this, $15,000 isn't worth it. The other person's like, I get $50 million at the end of this. They're whistling, they're shoveling poop, they're doing whatever they need to do, they're loving it. Um, and, and the reality is that what Christ has bought for us is an inheritance even larger than $50 million. So we, we've been kind of going through this and looking at this together. Uh, last week, we looked at Colossians 1, verses, verse 9, and we looked at Paul's prayer that we would understand God's will. Um, there is so much perspective and power that comes into our lives when we understand God's will. And so this week, we're going to be looking at verse 11. And I think this is so fitting for Mother's Day. What we're looking at is how God gives us the strength and power to endure. Everyone say endure. Uh, so my thesis this morning is this, is that God wants to equip us by his power, everyone say power, to live with patience and endurance, with patience and endurance. Um, th this week, I feel like we had like the weirdest get out of the house moment that we've had yet. Would you agree with that? Do you, you know what, I'm, what story I'm gonna tell? She doesn't even remember. So like we're getting the kids out of the house. I think this was maybe like Thursday or something like that. And we're looking for the boys. So we have twin boys, if you don't know this. They're 15, 16 months, something like that. Uh, they're getting into stuff, all right. They're, 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 they're both walking, they're both mobile. Um, and so I'm like, okay, where are the boys? And Georgia comes running to me. And she was like, Daddy, the boys got in the cat food. All right, so I'm like, okay. I go in there, and they're both sitting there. They're, you know, like caught, you know, like. And I, I call them out, 
And Judah comes right out to me, and I'm like, Judah, man, that's no, that's bad. We do not get in the cat food. Roman will not come out, all right? So I had to do a little bit of constructive parenting in the moment. And so he came out, and I talked to him about not doing that. And as I'm talking to them, I realize they both are covered in, like, blue slime. And I'm like, what the heck is this? I smell it. Georgia had taken laundry detergent while they're playing in the cat food and held it over their heads. And... (laughs) was was putting laundry detergent all over the boys. So I'm like going back and I'm like, the brothers are in the cat food. What she was trying to do is to distract me from the fact that she was dumping laundry detergent on the boys, okay? Guys, opportunities for growth and, you know, patience are everywhere if you know where to look, all right? So in this situation, like just this basic instinct our, our instance, I need patience with Georgia because she's being mischievous, right? She's tricking me. And I need just endurance, like I'm late, Lord help me, right? So Callie had to like give the boys like a sink bath, get them out of the house. And it, it, it made me think about this. In N.T. Wright's commentary on, on Colossians, he says this. He says, there's a slight distinction to be drawn between endurance and patience. The former, that's endurance, is what faith, hope, and love bring to an opportun- to bring to an apparently impossible situation. The latter, patience, is what they show to an apparently impossible person. So what God does, this is what we're going to look at this morning, is God gives us the power to deal with impossible people and impossible situations and do it with grace. Can I get an amen from somebody? Um, This is not related to the message. This is just bragging. Uh, Could you throw that photo up? That's N.T. Wright. I got to meet him a couple weeks ago. So uh, anyway, not a big deal, but you can see it on my face. That I'm like, that's like hero moment for me, okay? Here's the truth. Here's something that we have to lean into and we have to embrace as people. It is through suffering not ease, that we grow into the people that God's called us to be. It's through suffering, not ease, that we grow into the likeness of Christ. Y'all, suffering is the shortcut to becoming like Jesus. We cannot shortcut our suffering. We can't cut it short. You you don't want to do away with difficult days, all right? Especially, like, as parents. Like, I know there are so many days where you're like, I cannot wait for this day to be over, right? There's a T-shirt out there. I think it says, like, the days are long, the years are short, cherish, you know, each moment or whatever. Uh, But as a parent, y'all, these are rich days, Like parents with young kids, these are rich days. I'm telling you, if you talk to anybody in here who's older, whose parents are out of the house, what do they say? Like cherish it, enjoy it. It's gonna be over before you know it, right? Y'all, as people, it's hardships and it's leaning into the hard times that God makes us strong and he gives us perspective. Y'all, there is so much power when you get perspective. Um, And the perspective that I hope we gain from our study of this book is we are a part of a much larger and grander story, the story of what God has been doing through the generations. Um, Moms, I just want to speak to you. There is so much purpose in what you're enduring today. Like, there is so much purpose in the sleepless nights, in the frustrations, and all these little moments informing them. Dads, don't, don't be an absentee dad, right? 
Like, don't stay at work longer because you don't want to deal with some of the stuff that's at home. Lean into those moments, and I promise you, in the long run, you're going to have something that, that you could never have if you skip out. That's a legacy, right? That's a legacy. We want to have that long view. Uh, here's what this, this scripture is showing us, is that we do not have to rely on our own strength to get through the trials of everyday life. We have been given strength by the power of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. This is what we're going to look at. The Holy Spirit empowers us and gives us strength to live and do what God has set out for us. And you know, we, we all have a different idea of what strength looks like, right? Um, I'm going to show you a clip here in a second. Like, we have almost like these comical views uh, of how to become strong in our world. I, I want to show you this, this clip. It's one of my favorite clips. My day is 6 a.m. to noon, and I'm not crazy. You're crazy for thinking it takes 24 hours, just like some dude in a cave did 300 years ago. My second day starts at noon and goes till 6 p.m. That's day two. And then the next day is 6 p.m. to midnight. What I've done now is I have changed and manipulated time. I now get 21 days a week. Stack that up over a month, I'm gonna kick your butt. Mm. Stack it up over a year, you're toast. Stack it up over five years, my entire life is different than it would have been otherwise. Well, my day also starts at 6 a.m. But by 7 a.m. I already had one day. By 8 a.m. there's two days. By noon, I had six days. <laughs> by one, I've had a whole week. So by the time you take your lunch after your first day, I already had a week. Stack that up over time, and just like a caveman, that's compounding. By the end of the week, you're toast. By the end of the month, your muffin. In a month, I'm so far ahead because I've been stacking imaginary days. You're never going to catch up. I think that is like the best commentary on like this self-help, like do-it-yourself, macho, like become a billionaire culture that we, that we have out there, right? And, and honestly, like on the surface, it seems so inspiring. Stacking imaginary days. What he's inviting you into is an unsustainable life of work that's totally dependent on yourself and that, that's not dependent on a power outside of yourself. And, and for us as Christians, you listen, God has called us to hard work, but he's called us not to lean on our own power, but his power. You know, this is why we find stories like the story of Nelson Mandela so inspiring, right? If you're not familiar with the story, uh, Nelson Mandela was fighting against uh, the government at the time that was corrupt and unjust, and he gets arrested. He gets a life sentence in prison for treason against the country, and he goes into prison with just hate in his heart. And he endures 27 years in prison. In this process, he comes to know Jesus. He comes to know the forgiveness of Jesus, and God starts to transform him in the prison because what he said is, even if I get out, if I have hate in my heart, I'm still in prison. And so what he found is there was something much deeper and much stronger. And y'all, he endured. We love this story because he endured with patience what was in front of him and what was going on. And in the long run, God used him and worked in him. And y'all, it's this amazing story. After 30 years, he gets released and he has a worldwide impact. Anybody else hear that? Yeah. I can't ignore it anymore. We got it? <laughs> Nothing but grace. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Mandela says this, he says, we should not let an illusion of urgency force us to make decisions before we're ready. Sid Naidu, in an article that I read on him, he said this, he said, today we live in a world where our culture rewards speed. Have we made impatience a virtue? Do we confuse instant gratification 
with expressing ourselves, when we seize every moment to respond to every tweet or post or thought on social media without stopping to think. It is true that we might miss an opportunity if we don't act in the moment, but there are also times where we might make a better deal or do a better job if we act less quickly. Through patience, we give ourselves the time to think and reflect on the bigger picture. Y'all, we see God's strength and God's power, not in days, but in ages. And, and, and here's the good news. This is the strength that we get to tap into. Let's, let's dig into it. Point number one is God wants you to be strong. God wants to make you strong. I feel like there's this caricature of like the Christian man, which is like we have our khakis on, right? Like we've got our, our button up, you know, t- tucked into our khakis. We've got our boat shoes on and we're just like nice men, right? Anybody else? I was listening to somebody talk about this. It was a secular guy, but he was saying the reason most men's ministries fail is because we're teaching men to be good men, not how to become good men. Like, we're teaching them to be good men, not to to be good at being a man. And and what's interesting is if you go in and, and you look at the story of the Scripture, for men, for women, for children, for everyone, there's this offer on the table for us that if we walk in this relationship with God, he's going to invite us into a life of strength. But it's not the independent self who is strong in the kingdom of God, but it's the one who is dependent on God's spirit. It's not the guy who's stacking imaginary days, all right? It's the mustard seed that's small and slow. Y'all, the chief ethic of our world that we live in is bigger, faster, stronger. And the reality is is that the kingdom is far smaller, slower, and weaker than we're comfortable with. And so we try to fast track the things that God's doing instead of seeing that he is the God of the ages. He is the God who spoke and things came into being. He's, he's, the invi- he's the one who is there from the beginning, who formed the foundations of our world, that he is totally in control. And one of the things that Callie and I got to see, we, we got to go uh, over to London to study and look at some churches over there uh, a couple weeks ago. And one of the things that, that we saw was like, for N.T. Wright, he was the Bishop of Durham. And he could track his post, like who sat in his seat, back to 1,040. <laughs> All right, just imagine the humility it gives you when you can track your job back 1,000 years, right? And, and I think what we got from that was this perspective that it's truly not about us, that we truly are s- stewards and inheritors of God's story, and we're caring what he's doing. And, and when you get that perspective, there's so much strength. God wants to make us strong. And what Paul's praying here for them, and we pray for you, is that God would make you strong. But here's the reality. Many of us feel weak. We're we're beset with temptation. We're struggling with our finances. We're not where we want to be in in life. We're struggling in our marriages. And we're, we're asking the question, God, where are you in all of this? Right? God offers strength in the middle of it. The world offers strength in the form of a way out. God offers strength in the form of being with you in the struggle. Okay, here's a question. Have you ever had the experience where like you're giving the Christian life everything you've got, but it seems like the harder you try, the more you fail? Has anybody else felt that before? It's like the harder you try, the further away God seems. The harder you try, the deeper your depression goes. The harder you try, it just feels like it's getting worse. It's 
It's almost like you're becoming weaker. You know, we have an ethic in our world that success and strength comes from hard work, right? Like you're first in the office, you're the last out. Business people, anybody, right? First in, last out. That It's the strong who work hard. It's, it's hard work that brings us strength. And you'll listen, there is nothing wrong with hard work. I love hard work. But, but here's what I found, that I can't find the strength and the transformation I need by my own effort. And the message of the gospel from the beginning is that we cannot transform ourselves, but we need God to act on us. You know, when we apply the same ethic of success from our world, and we, we start to believe that our effort is what will make us strong, we fall into the trap of works of the flesh or works-based righteousness. You know, we're called to work, but we're called to work with God. The Bible says that this is where strength comes from. The Bible says it's not by our strength, or our works, but by the infilling of the Holy Spirit that we receive strength. And you know, I believe this is the number one reason why so many of us go through life powerless and frustrated. Because though we believe God, we lean on our own strength. I read something this week in a book I do not recommend because it is... (laughs) He takes like 10 pages for one argument, and don't read it. I'll just, I'll tell you about it. It's a book called Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton, and in the book, he goes through um, how he was walking with a guy, and the guy said, you just need to believe in yourself, and he said to him, he said, every lunatic in the asylum believes in themselves. They believe that they're the true king. They believe that they're the president. They believe that they're Jesus Christ, and you should follow them. He was like, self-belief does not bring strength or sanity. It's belief in God. It's leaning on God. It's leaning on Christ. It's leaning to his finished work and what he's done for us. And when we do that, y'all, I'm telling you, that's when we start to overflow with strength. What does that look like? Galatians 2, or Galatians 5, through 23 lays this out. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this type of fruit in our lives, love and joy and peace and patience, and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against these things, there is no law. Y'all, this is the power of God for us to overflow with things that we could never achieve for ourselves. Y'all, parenting is the quickest path to realizing you do not have these things within you, right? Nothing will reveal to you faster than working on a Mother's Day card with your daughter, (laughs) And she wants to take it away, and she wants to smear it. It's like everything I don't want her to do, that's what she wants to do. And I came downstairs. I haven't even told Callie this yet. I came downstairs last night. I was just like at the end of myself. It's like, please, God, give me the strength. Y'all, so much need in our life. This is what this is outlining, is the ability to patiently endure. How do we do that? How do we get that strength? We do it not by our power, but by God's power. Point two, we're made strong by God's power. Colossians 1.11. We also pray that you'll be strengthened with all of his glorious power. Everybody say glorious power. This word for power here is dunamis, which is like dynamite. That's where we get our word dynamite. Like God gives us its incredible, explosive power. Okay, how do we practically lean into that? Okay, I'm going to get practical but I'm going to stay theoretical for a little bit because y'all know I like that, all right? Matthew 11, Jesus lays out a 
beautiful picture of what this looks like. We're going to dig through this real quick. Matthew 11, verse 28. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble at heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Y'all, this passage is laden with irony. All right? He's saying, I'm going to give you rest, but he's using work terms, right? So a yoke was something that they laid on oxen. And what they would do is for a young ox, this is where the rest comes. When, when a young ox was coming through and they were trying to teach him, they would, they would pair him with the strongest ox that they had. And that strong ox would pull almost all of the weight. And the young ox would learn how to Follow the paths. Y'all, Jesus is the strong ox. And what he's inviting you into is a life yoked with him. Like, so when you're going through struggle and when you're frustrated, he is the stronger ox that walks with us, that plows the ground and teaches us the way. But here's the reality. We will not walk in that power if we don't stay by his side. We will not experience God's strength and power if we do not lean into and depend on God's standards for life. This, this is the difference. So it's not that God's opposed to effort. God's opposed to what? Earning. We're not earning it for ourselves. We're efforting alongside of Jesus. Y'all, this is the amazing picture of a life with Jesus. Uh, we're strengthened by a walk with Christ in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit, real quick. Uh, I know we come from tons of different backgrounds. You have tons of different experiences. Uh, for some of you guys, you're like, dude, if this thing moves like Holy Spirit direction, I'm gonna find the exit. All right, we're gonna hit lunch early. Um, but, but here's what I've come to find. In my encounters with the Spirit of God, life actually makes more sense. Like, I, I feel like everything comes into alignment. The Holy Spirit is the advocate for us. He's the helper. He's the spirit of truth sent by the Father to empower believers to complete the mission of building the church of Jesus Christ, bringing power to our testimony, first by, by raising Christ from the dead, and secondly, by bringing the life and wisdom to God to us by living within us. He's the seal of our faith, and he empowers us to live the life that we're called to live in Christ Jesus. When the Holy Spirit rests on us, he empowers us to live a life that's pleasing to God. But I, I think for us to look at this, how, okay, practically, how do we do this? How did Christ walk in the power of the Spirit? He denied himself. He emptied himself, and he received power. But here's the problem. Here's what happens with all of us. If the devil can't get you to deny Christ, he'll get you to exalt yourself. And God is diametrically opposed to pride. Like it repels him. And so what God's calling us to do, if we want to walk in the power of God, we've got to humble ourselves before God and just say, God, what do you want from me? What do you want for me? I had a moment before service where I was telling Robert, he says I say this every week, but I was just feeling all disconnected and I was feeling whatever. And I just had a moment, it's like, oh yeah, how do I receive the power of God? God, help me with this. Y'all, so often 
when we lose it. I was talking to Tommy, uh, one of, he's, he's our drummer who's playing this week. He drives in from Memphis uh, once a month, by the way. Give Tommy a, a hand. So if you play the drums and you don't live in Memphis, uh, we have a space for you. Um, but he, he was asking me questions about parenting because I told him I was like, you know, Anything I did right is every time I met somebody who I respected as a parent, some of you guys, I've done this with you, I've said, give me, give me your number one bit of parenting advice. And so Tommy, he's a wise man, he said, okay, Bronson, give me your number one bit of parenting advice. It's like, okay, I didn't see that coming. Um, but, but here's what I found. Often when I lose patience, I've lost perspective. When I'm the most upset is usually when I'm the most caught in the moment and I miss the bigger things that are happening. You know, when we're young, we think in days. When we get older, we start thinking in years. But as we age and we get to the end of our life, we start to think in generations. We start not just to think about what we've accomplished or what our kids are accomplishing, but what our grandkids are accomplishing and the way that that's gonna compound as we go through life. And one of the greatest gifts the Holy Spirit gives us is perspective. The power to endure comes when you recognize that these are light and momentary troubles that pale in comparison to the glory that's gonna be revealed, the work that God's been doing from the beginning, that he's doing now, that he's gonna to continue to do. And so here's my question for you. Where is it that you most need God's power right now? A lot of times when we think about God's power, we think like lightning bolts from the fingertips, right? Like taking this blazer off and slaying you in the spirit, you know? But, but here's what I found. Those things may well happen. But most of life, is filled with moments that you need to endure with patience. And y'all, this is the most incredible gift that God gives us. And so I just want you to think for a moment. And we're gonna, we're gonna take some time here at the end and we're just gonna reflect. But where do you need the power of God to endure? Where do you need the power of God to be patient? How can you do that? This is something we've talked about a number of times, but this is where our practices actually do help us. So when we recognize that it's not our hard work that transforms us, but it's when we join in the work that God's already doing within us that change happens. So how do we do that? We take time, we take moments, and we pray. Y'all, listen, it doesn't have to be like three-hour prayer session in the morning, you know, calling out, like calling down fire from heaven. Like I, th I find so often, like especially as I counsel young couples, almost every time with Christian couples, the, the guy at some point will ask me like, how do I pray with her? Like, how do I do this? And I, I talked to a guy about this uh, a couple days ago. You know what you do? At the meal, you take a moment and you say, hey, can we pray for the meal? God, we, we, we give you glory, we give you praise, we ask that you be with us, give us perspective, be with us in our days, amen. Y'all, it is simple moments of communing with God that compound over time into something incredibly powerful, which is an eternal perspective. As you walk with God, you start to see that the things you're going through are moments you start to see after you've seen God's faithful hand time after time after time after time again, you start to realize like this big mountain that just felt like it was gonna destroy you, it didn't. Why? Because God's by your side. God's got a bigger plan. He's got something bigger going on. And so what are the places in your life that you need to trust in God's powerful, sovereign hand? 
that he might fill you, that he might empower you so that you can live with strength and glory. Amen? Lastly, and I basically hit this whole point, God strengthens us by his power for endurance and patience. Let me, let me read this. I'm gonna read this as just a prayer over you. If you could bow your heads all across the room. We pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you'll have all the endurance and the patience that you need. God, you're the God of the ages. You're the God of generations. You're, God, you're the God who is working before us and the God who will be working long after us. God, right now, we just bring before you areas of fear, areas of stress, And God, we say we trust you with these areas. God, in areas as parents, where we feel like we're just starting to break, God, we bring that before you. God, in areas of grief, I just want you to take a moment and locate that. God, give us the endurance. God, I pray that you would bring to mind right now somebody who is frustrating, <laughs> frustrating us to the point where we just want to like throttle them. <laughs> Guys, let that person come to mind. God, give us patience. God, give us perspective. God, help us see the greater work that you're doing in their life that they're not our enemy, they're our brother, they're our sister. And God, we ask that you would move. God, the thing underneath the thing, the thing underneath the reason that they're frustrating us. God, we just pray that you bring healing to it. God, give us perspective and in that bring power. So in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Hey, worship team, you can come forward. Y'all can stand to your feet. Eric, you can go ahead. Um, Y'all can stand. We're going to go into a time of reflection and response. And um, I want to encourage you. Uh, there's a quote I read a couple weeks ago. I want to read it again. It's from a guy named Sir Francis Drake. And, and he said this. I just want you to let this kind of sink in. He said, it's not in the beginning, but the continuing of the same until it be thoroughly finished, that yieldeth the true glory. I want to pray over you that God would give you perspective, that God would give you the power to endure, that God would strengthen you, like put steel in your bones uh, to keep going and not break. Anybody need that? I know I do. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for this church. God, we thank you for all that you've been doing and God, all that you've done. I just get a sense that for uh, some of us in here, like some of you guys, you're at the, at the breaking point in a few areas um, and, and you really need God's power uh, to come in. If that's you, you just need specific prayer. You can slip your hand up um, and I wanna pray for you. I see you. You'll go ahead and slip up your hands if that's you. God, I pray for every hand raised. God, I pray that you would meet this plea this hand raised is a plea, this is a prayer. 
And God, you'd meet it with power. God, I pray that you give us patience and endurance and strength. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Hey guys, thanks for listening in. I hope that this message blessed you and it helps you in your journey with Jesus. If it did, leave a comment, leave a review. Things like that help us spread the message of Jesus. Uh, if you want to connect with us, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram at, at NLC Downtown Little Rock to follow along with the life of our church.